Hello and welcome to the Match Day Fantasy Premier League podcast. I'm Jonathan Latimer, your host, and today I'm joined with Josh Dawson and Caleb Win Leonard. All right. Hello. So we're gonna we're gonna open the the chat about game week twenty seven, which was quite a low scoring week with the average being forty five points. But there was a few there was a few good players that impressed that week. And first, I want to talk about Abamyang, who scored thirteen points. And I, I feel like uh, Abamyang's not not taking that seriously in FPL at the minute. You know, he's he's only selected by nineteen percent of FPL players compared to Jamie Vardy, who people are still placing the trust in. And he's owned by 35.8%. So really, I just want to get Josh's thoughts on the Bamiang and what do you think What do you think people should do? Uh, well, I think Arsenal's league position really probably affects people's views on a Bamiang. I mean, Leicester cruising up um, in the top four of the Premier League. A uh, Bamiang really is putting goals in the back of the net at the moment. but And he is worth, it, uh, worth his value in FPL. Um but Vardy, he is a player. He does get chances, and he's le- he's le- he starts week in week out for Leicester. He's a he's a target striker, but Abamming's playing out wide as well at the moment. He's not actually starting as a central striker. But he still managed, you know, to get to get to seventeen goals and match what Jamie Vardy's done so far this season. Jamie Vardy hasn't scored since Christmas. I know, but I think when a striker scored that many goals, people you put your faith in them. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand people putting the faith in them, but you know, we're talking about points here, and is the points at the minute with Aubameyang over Vardy, and should people be moving him out? Who's your striker? It's, it's Jamie Vardy still at the minute, but I, I, <laughs> I, I am, I, I am moving, you know, for Aubameyang. I'm, pl- I'm planning that move. I can't actually afford a Bamiyang at the minute. I think that's a majority of people's problem. It's the price and trying to get them in. So when Vardy, Vardy's price is a lot cheaper than a Bamiyang, I think that's the problem. I mean, we do have a weird game week coming up where there's quite a few teams not playing. So I think after this game week, it may be a perfect opportunity to, you know, hit the wildcard button. I think that could be possible. But I think also it's important to, what I've found especially this this uh, this season is to stick with players who maybe aren't performing now, such as Vardy, but I'm sure he'll start scoring again soon. So it's really whether you want to go for someone who's definitely scoring now and probably will go and score for the rest of the season in Aubameyang, or someone like Vardy who might even outscore Aubameyang. That's a really good point. And um, also, like moving on to talk about players that people have placed a lot of trust in this season, and one of those is Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's been absolutely unreal. For Liverpool this uh, season, and uh, he got ten points at the weekend, registered two assists, and he's owned by forty-four point three percent of players. So, um, what do you think? Do you think he's completely changed the perception of FPL players when choosing a defender? Okay. Um, I think so. I think that attacking win, uh, attacking fullback kind of role is it's very important in FPL um, because they're able to go up and get assists, and then they're also able to get the clean sheet as well. Um, so I think that kind of able to get the clean sheet point and goal contribution points is really important and can really boost the team. Yeah, I mean, like a few seasons ago, I know when I was playing FPL, I would never think to spend seven seven million on a defender. It was just it was just unthinkable, really. But now now Trent's just he's just getting so much points. Yeah, it's the same with the likes of Robertson and. 
They're getting so many points nowadays. I mean, you look at Alexander-Arnold, the the way he pushes forward, the amount of crosses he puts into the box, it's almost as it's almost as much as Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, Alexander-Arnold puts in, he's put in 228 crosses this season. It's the equivalent to an attacking midfielder. He gets forward that much, he's going to get you assists. Yeah, you've just you've just got to really think of him as that attacking minded player now, haven't you? He's almost I mean, a winger. I mean he gets yeah. that far forward. I mean I know this season I've um moved back on um spending a lot of money in the midfield because you can have like say De Bruyne or Salah, two premium midfielders, but then if you go more budget wise and then invest on your defence, which is Arnold Robertson then I think got a bit of a winning formula, I think. I think that probably impacts a lot of people with your Vardy and Abamyang decision as well. I mean, obviously, like you say, you mentioned the price of Abamyang. When you've got spending so much money on your defenders, you can't always afford to spend so much money on, like you say, a premium striker. Yeah, I think it could be more of a of a tactic to spend, maybe spend uh, big on your defence, um, and then maybe bring in a player such as Dominic Calvert Lewin, who's been in quality form recently and who could really do a job up top yeah so what what kind of formation do you play Kayla with uh, your team do you usually go for three three at the back or do you do you go for more I go for four at the back um, and then four three three I'd say um, because I like having that midfield because yeah. they can always assist and, and such uh, but also having three attackers as well um, get, means that you're going to get as many attacking points as possible yeah, and another player that's actually, you know, impressed me in the past couple of game weeks is Anthony Martial, you know. I actually moved him out two game weeks ago for uh, Spurs' new signing, Bergwijn, and I've been really disappointed with how well Martial's doing. He's got two goals since. What do you, what do you think of uh, Martial? Oh, Anthony Martial, I think he's a brilliant player, I mean, for Manchester United. He gets, as a player, he gets a lot of stick from certain fans, critics. He gets called lazy a lot of the time. But his work ethic's actually underappreciated. I think in the absence of Marcus Rashford, he's Manchester United's main man. Um, I mean, especially with the creativity of Bruno Fernandes. Again, another player worth looking at. A goal and an assist. I think that wait, uh, winter break's done him the world of good. Allowed him to really bond with his teammates. Scored a penalty. He got himself an assist at the weekend. Um, but back to Martial, he's Man United's main striker now. He's the target man. He's getting he got a goal at the weekend, as you really mentioned. Coolly taken that, wasn't it? Yeah, great finish. So he's going to be the star man for Manchester United. Yeah, and uh, Caleb, you were uh, you touched upon Dominic Calvert Lewin just before, and um, really, I was gonna I was gonna ask what what do we think of him because obviously he's playing really great under Ancelotti at the minute. There's, he's got tricky upcoming fixtures against Man United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. But would 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 you touch him in these fixtures if you had him in your well? If you were thinking about moving him in, would you think about moving him in, or would you um shift him out if you had him? I think I think you'd keep him um, or bring him in. Um, I think the fixtures he's got, especially Man United and Chelsea, they're fixtures that he can score in. They're fixtures that Everton, in the well under Ancelotti, they've been they've been incredible they've had a real real revival so i think those games are really games that they can they can push forward in and maybe even get a result and if anyone's going to score in those it's going to be either maybe richarlison or dominic calvert lewin is there any uh any replacements any other strikers you you'd consider instead of him 
that may be that may be doing well at the minute as well. I don't know, you know. Um, maybe if you want to free up some budget, go for the like maybe a Bamiyang. Um, but again, you're gonna have to free up a lot of budget for that. Um, but for Dominic Calvert Lewin's for his value, I think he's one of the only strikers that's consistently consistently gaining points. What about um, Diego Jota? Obviously, he got a hat trick in the Europa League, and that's that's not not the Premier League, but it's form he did take into the to, into the game at the weekend. Josh, um, what do you think of him? Yeah, he's a t- terrific player. Um, great for Wolves as well, who are a good attacking side, play some great football. Uh, one of the dark horses in the Premier League, really. Um, they're a very solid side. Um, a side who certainly do well against a majority of teams, really. Um, I'll play, picking a player for Wolves, you can't really go wrong, really. Um, they do pick up a lot of points. Um, if you pick someone for Wolves, you get points against whoever you're playing, really. Against whether it's the top side, whether it's the lower side. They're just quite an inconsistent team. Yeah, and of course there's uh, Jimenez as well from Wolves, isn't there? Yeah, Jimenez as well. Uh, good, good player. I mean, he's been very consistent. I had him at the start of the season, but swapped him out for Martial. Would you ever consider doing a a double up at Wolves? A Wolves double up up top? Not particularly, no. Why not? They're both, they're both free scoring at the minute, aren't they? As I mentioned, inconsistent side, and they've got they are pushing for Europe though at the minute. This is the final straight, especially Jimenez as well. I mean, he's, I think he's on twelve goals at the minute. He's only five off the golden boot, and he is a player that can score a lot of goals. He, he could catch up. I think with Wolves for FPL, obviously they're still in the Europa League, which could factor in some rotation later in the yeah. season. Um. So I think that would be the main concern, whereas with, like I was talking about before, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, there's not going to be as much rotation there and he's going to get more games. Um, but then again, Jimenez and um, and Jota have featured in Europa League and then came back for Premier League as well. I suppose they haven't got many options though, Wolves, really, have they? I, I suppose it's like you say, though, going with a Martial or Calvert-Lewin, they haven't got any choice really but to play them, especially Manchester United with the uh, absence of Rashford. So I mean they've got they brought a Galo in now as well of course but he's sort of a guaranteed starter. Galo's not really a an FBL pick though is he? I mean no. he's not. It's not a proven goal scorer, not a proven points gainer for us managers. I mean he's not proven now but not yet. Give it, give it a couple of game weeks and that might all change. I mean um, he's fairly cheap as well so. If he was to start scoring, one to watch, yeah, he's definitely one to watch because if he does start scoring, I mean, then you free up your budget for Eurobamia. Could be a differential, yeah, and that's and that's what we need, and because we're into the the home home straight of the season, we need we need those differentials. Mason Greenwood certainly wants to maybe keep your eye on as well. Who's getting a lot more game time at Manchester United, starting you know, to find the back of the net. You know what? I actually had him at the start of the year. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Um, so- <laughs> Certainly finding the back of the net as and well. As, the soon, as soon as I moved him out, because he obviously wasn't he wasn't playing at the start of the year. As soon as I moved him out, that's when he starts coming in and getting the odd goal here and there. But definitely as an enabler, he's a he's a decent option if you do want to go premium elsewhere. Especially while Rashford's out as well. Um, yeah, until Rashford's back, I'd say he's going to be going to be playing a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's per- he's a he's a perfect guy if you just want to. 
you know, have your third a third cheap striker, which enables you to go premium elsewhere. Like I said before, so um, the next issue I want to talk about is um, is Liverpool. And obviously, they're doing amazingly well at the minute. But in terms of FBL, what what does happen once they've won the league? So they are on course at the minute to win on March twenty first. They need four more wins. If City drop points in the meantime, the title will come sooner. But will we see if when they win the league, which is inevitable, will we see more rotation from Klopp, which you know could harm our premium, you know our Salas, our Mane's, Trent's that we've all got in our squads. Could we see rotation because they could, they're going to be turning their attention to the Champions League surely if they don't get knocked out by Atletico Madrid, which I don't think they will. And even possibly the FA Cup, they're still in a shout with that, aren't they? Um, so what what do you think? I think there'll be more rotation. Um, I think the strong strong players will still be played. Um, maybe not so much, but I'm sure they'll still get still get a lot of points. Um, but then again, um, Klopp's not really the kind of manager who would be completely focused on a points record um, or maybe even an invincible season. Um, How do we know that, though? He's proven it in other tournaments, though, hasn't he? The, he, he puts the, the title he's going for above everything else. Sorry, in the FA Cup. He, he is. If you've got the chance to go unbeaten and match that record, you're not going to turn it down. But if he's got the chance to feel the strongest and most fit sides in the Champions League, he's going to do that if he's already won the Premier League. Well, this is why I'm thinking he's going to feel a slightly weakened side and not completely rotated once he's won the league. Um, because he, he's going to... He's gonna to want to do. He's gonna to want to go uh, invincible for the fans. Um, mm-hmm. He's the fans love him at Liverpool, obviously, and he's gonna want them to please them further with that. However, I think he still wants to win the Champions League as well. Obviously, I mean, even back to back Champions Leagues, and only Real Madrid have ever done that. Exactly. But like you say, ultimately determines this on the Atletico Madrid result. I think. Because there's no guarantees they are going to make it through. I know you say you think they're going to go through, but Real, but Atletico Madrid, they're the type of team that sit back, that Liverpool can struggle to break down. I mean, Man United played it. It's the type of football, and Liverpool dropped points against them. The three central midfielders stood around the edge of the box, preventing that counter-attack. It's the type of team, Liverpool bogey team, if you will. Yeah, but... Um... Going back to the uh, the FPL, if um, if Liverpool do start rotating the players more, and we're not having a ninety minutes from Salah, then it's 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 definitely going to open up opportunities in those. It'll be it'll be if they do win it, March twenty first, it'll be seven five five game weeks or seven game weeks. There's going to be a few game weeks. Where we could possibly with be without our main Liverpool assets, so you'll certainly get one of Mane or Salah. I think it just depends whether they get rotated. But it's gonna it's gonna offer us opportunities, especially when the mini leagues are getting they're getting tight, to look at other players and other differentials that may you know be getting more points. You could argue that maybe Manchester City will do the same. If they make it through, because obviously they the league's gone for them, they've nothing to fight for in the Premier League. 
they're looking like they're going to get the top four. Well, obviously, they can't get the top four, sorry. They're ruled out of Europe, so maybe they'll focus on winning the Champions League whilst they can. I think they need to focus on winning the Champions League, and I think that should be their focus now. I think they should be rotating heavily, um, especially for this Real Madrid game coming up. I think they should have the strongest eleven they can possibly put out for that and feel the weak inside in the league. Because there's, right now there is no point really going for anything in the league. Because even finishing in the top four, like you said, they're not going to get anything. Um, so it really, really doesn't matter apart from pride for them. So the last shot for some of the Manchester City players as well. David yeah. Silva. I mean, Aguero's probably not going to be in his prime by the time they're back, um, able to compete in Europe. So would you not touch um, any Manchester City assets in your FPL squads at the minute then? I wouldn't say not touch them, because I've recently transferred in Mares myself. But it's it's a case of seeing what Guardiola does. I think you need to consider your options once when bringing in considering bringing in um, a Man City player. It's a ta- it's a yeah it's a waiting game. We've got to see what he does, but and see the rotation because Sterling is due back at some point as well. So there is options for Guardiola. Right. So that brings us to a close. That's our first match day fantasy premier league podcast over and done with join us again here next week and we will be joined again by the uh, lovely josh and caleb 